Welcome to Basketball Network. My name is Harry and today we'll be talking to Gannon Baker, one of the best basketball skills coaches in the world. Gannon, welcome. It's a pleasure to have you on. Hey, it's an honor to be here on such a great platform. You know, I enjoyed uh, talking to you. It's a small world. Basketball brings people together. You know, it's a great life. Thanks for having me. A pleasure. Um, let's start it off with the finals. Um, what are your thoughts on the finals? The Lakers crowned as, as champions for the 17th time in their history. Uh, was it a surprise for you or did you expect it going down like that? Well, you know, uh, the whole season was a surprise with the COVID and the bubble and the social uh, injustice and stand they had. But um, no, I think they, they were built for this. That's why they put this team together. That's why they put this coach and staff together. Um, you know, they had some uh, veterans on that team that have done it before. And, and um, Rondo and Danny Green and obviously LeBron. So, you know, you add the piece with um, Anthony Davis. You know, it's a team that you knew were either going to win it this year or next year. But uh, I enjoyed it. I think, you know, the Heat surprised a lot of people. They beat some great teams in, in the Celtics and the Bucks, And, you know, they do it the right way. You know, they do it the right way. They give hope to a lot of coaches and teams that don't have the best talent mm -hmm. but have the best chemistry, that have the best culture. And mm -hmm. I think as a coach, it gives us hope that, you know what, we can still continue to – you know, keep teaching that and keep, because everybody can't get the best players. And when you do, man, it's hard as crap to, to coach the best players. You know what I mean? I mean, it's, it's hard to coach talent for many reasons. And, you know, the Heat um, did it with lesser talent. And so I, I was uh, really pleased and uh, it's just re really refreshing to watch. Mm, definitely amazing what they did with, I guess, without a major superstar. I mean, Jimmy Butler is definitely a star, but you, you, Nobody really put, puts him in the ranks with, with, you know, Kevin Durant and LeBron James and, and those guys. So it's really amazing what, what uh, Spo and, and the team around him did with Miami. Yeah, yeah, their spirit uh, is unbelievable. And, and, and we can learn a lot as coaches from uh, Eric Spolcher, from Jimmy Butler. And, and so for any young players or coaches out there that really want to study uh, how to get the most out of, out of a team and, and, and the mental strategies and emotional strategies and the right way to play, you know, just, just research uh, the heat and what they've done in the bubble and, and the interviews now after. I mean, other, other night I'm watching Eric Spolcher and he gets on the platform and he, he, he can't stop crying. Mm -hmm. and it wasn't the fact that, that he lost. It was the fact that he got so much out of his guys that it was, it, it was just, you know, moving. And, you know, you're just so proud of the, these guys and you love these guys so much because what they did was really a miracle. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, Gannon, you've been around the game of basketball, uh, skill training and the coaching world for about 30 years. How did you start and what got you into skill training specifically? Well, you know, I wasn't good enough to continue playing in Europe. You know, I played uh, briefly in Iceland. Uh, I tried out for the NBA, Denver Nuggets, and got cut. You know, I wasn't good enough as a player. And so, to me, I think uh, what got me into coaching is I love basketball so much I didn't want to get away from it. And uh, even before, you know, going to Europe, I, I tried college coaching for five years. I was an NCAA assistant coach, Division One, Division Two, and I just didn't get enough basketball. You know, I'm a hooper. I want to be on the court. You know, I want to get my reps. I want to get my coaching reps and with college coaching, you just didn't get a lot of coaching reps. So, you know, to me, the industry, uh, the, the, 
the game of basketball needed private coaches. You know, football had their quarterback coaches, golf, baseball had their private coaches, you know, physical fitness. When I started in the year 2000, that was a big trend. And, uh, and there was nothing in basketball. A lot of these coaches in high school in the United States couldn't work with their players. Uh, it was illegal, you know, in middle school, high school. The AAU circuit, all they were doing was playing games and showcases. So, you know, there was a niche, there was a void there for extra work. And, and so I filled it. And so I just started, man, with, with a, uh, a little business card, no, no really uh, website. Uh, I don't think the internet was even invented then. And I just had an email and a phone number. So literally, man, I'd go into gyms and look at guys and say, hey, man, you need, you need to hire me. You need work on your jumper. And they're like, why? I'm like, well, because you can't beat me in shooting. Matter of fact, I'll beat you with, with both my hands. I'll play your left. I'll play your right. And then they get mad and, and they say, well, you can't play. I was like, all right, well, if I beat you one-on-one, you got to train with me. And that's literally how I started. That's, that's literally crazy. how I started, you know, training and, and currently I've now I've been to 48 countries, multiple NBA superstars, WNBA, and uh, still trying to grow, still trying to learn. But it's really amazing how much passion can push you to your purpose. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, again, and uh, there's a lot of reflection uh, just uh, oh. in, in, in your room. Okay. I don't know if you yeah. can just move uh, to the left a little bit or something. Yeah. Uh, awesome. That's so much better. Yeah. Yeah, sorry about that. That's fine. We still see the Jordan jersey, so that's awesome. Yeah, man. <laughs> she, 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 Dominique in the background too. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, <laughs> yep. Um, but anyway, man, um, you know, it, it's it's a great life. It, it's something that I have passion for, and I, I've always wanted to, um, you know, get involved with the skill development part of the game, and and so you know that that's what I do. I just develop players on both ends, and mentally and physically, and. I really love what I do. Amazing platform you've built and really inspiring story just, you know, uh, from the start. Um, so, you, like you said, you've trained uh, many players from the NBA, WNBA, CBA, EuroLeague, uh, collegiate level, high school, I mean, everything. Can you just walk us through the process of, uh, I guess, preparing for a training session? How do you prepare and how do players prepare? For example, a pro a pro player training session yeah well for with a pro it, it's talking to him it's talking to his agent uh if i can get to it it's talking to his uh head coach or player development coach and just finding out his strengths his weaknesses and then you know his role for next year and so you always want to make sure that you accentuate the strengths continue to uh, keep that continue to make sure he's a superstar in his role and then you know, adding a, a, another tool, as Kobe would say, to his toolbox, you know, adding one more uh, notch to his belt. Um, and, and so with that, it, it, it's, it's interviews, it's meetings, and then it's film. And so once you get the film, you take the uh, film to the court, make sure that uh, you're getting them game shots, make sure you're uh, playing within his system and formation uh, that he, he's always in. Obviously, you never want to get a pro hurt so you know you're very uh, aware of burnout of of injury you know a lot of injury prevention stuff and then man you know these guys are, are uh you know they're, they're young young kids and so you want to keep the game fun always try to have a childlike heart but a basketball respectful adult mind and so you keep the workouts fun and fresh i think that's why a lot of pros have hired me because i'm different you know i'm a little little um, eccentric when i work out i 
I like to add music. I like to rhyme a little bit. I like to bring in some pop culture, charisma, if you will. I guard guys, you know. Uh, and so that, that kind of freshness keeps them uh, continuing to want to work, to want to be good. Now, obviously, the great ones don't need to be motivated. But like I said, a lot of the young pros that want to be great, you, you kind of have to uh, incite that and, and, and keep them um, motivated uh, to where they bring it every day. So. You know, just because in their NBA doesn't make them perfect. They have kryptonite, so to speak, too. Exactly. Um, and you mentioned that working with pros and, and, and I guess with the most talented guys is often really hard. Did you ever have, did you, did you ever work with a pro whose attitude wasn't right? Or just, I guess, that he wasn't on the same wavelength as yours? Uh, or didn't reciprocate, you know, the needed energy for the training session? How did you handle situations like these? hundred percent. I mean, you know, like I said, just because they're pros doesn't make, make, make them perfect. You know, it's all relative. Kids struggle with, with work ethic and confidence on the high school level or club level. And you see that in the pro level. And so, yeah, I've had many, you know, many pros that were lazy, uh, weren't consistent, uh, too much into the social life, weren't committed, uh, didn't get their rest the night before, uh, didn't uh, really watched their diet, uh, didn't think it was important to have good body language and positive talk and, uh, you know, being consistent in their motor, so to speak. And so what you do, you just hopefully before you've done, your, you know, your actual physical work, you do your mental work. And so you really find out what motivates them. You know, what's their why? And, and a lot of these guys, they want to get to a second contract. Some guys want to, you know, win a championship and a chip. Some guys want to, uh, you know, be an all-star. But it's, it's whatever their carrot is, whatever their motivation is, when you see that detrimental behavior, right? I call it you're hanging out in the dungeon of despair. You address it, right? Because you're only sick as your secrets. If you don't confront, you'll never come to a resolution. You know, I mean, I always say that, you know, with, with any problem, you got to have a positive confrontation. So I confront it. I get it out in the open. I meet them where they're at. You know, I don't mince words and I just tell them, you know, this, 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 this is your, you know, which, we, which we're going to do. You're acting like this. You're not going to get there. And, and if they still don't buy in the next day, I'm bringing in stats or I'm bringing in guys just like them that were first round pick. Now they're not playing first round, you know, uh, second contract. They, they didn't get the third contract because of this, you know, all the, the deadbeat stories that you hear of guys that, you know, get drafted or, potentials off off the charts but because of this this self-inflicting attitude right this self uh, self-sabotaging behavior they're not there anymore and so you bring in articles and videos and try to just make them aware mm. you know what i mean and and so i've, I've done that uh, I, i tried to kick players out but my but the agent wouldn't let me in and the guy that hired me you know a guy named john lucas mm -hmm. hired me to train some of his pros and some of them you know everybody knows who these guys are. If I mentioned it, I, I was like, look, man, coach, they're not working out anymore. And, and John was like, well, that's your job to get them to work out. You can't kick them out. That's the easy thing to do. You got to figure it out. Don't kick them out. I'm like, good point. So, you know, uh, I, I've tried to do that as a young coach, kick them out, but that doesn't work. They, they want to be kicked out. You know what I mean? They're doing that on purpose to mm -hmm. see if, if you're going to come at them. And, and so you, you, as a coach, part of what you got to do is, take their body to a place where it doesn't want to go, take their mind to a place where it's never been, mm. you know, and you do that with your words, with your actions, you, you model it, you transfer energy, your drills, it's everything. And, uh, and that's the fun part. You know, the fun part is when you connect with a pro, 
the fun part is when you get a, a player, whether it's great or not, to really buy in, to play with passion, to play with uh, intensity, to play with intelligence, and you really see growth taking place day to day, week to week, month to month. Mm-hmm. And that's a great that's a great job, regardless of if it's a pro or not. Awesome. Just getting them out of their comfort zone and motivating motivating them. That's uh, exactly. Great. Um, Gannon, I I've browsed a lot through your website. I saw that you offer uh, an online basketball curriculum where you offer uh, basic, uh, intermediate, advanced, and pro bundles with all sorts of video uh, workouts for all stages of player development. How did it come about? Can you just talk more about the curriculum? curriculum and is COVID something that inspired you to push this even more? Yeah, you're exactly right. I mean, you know, for any coach, you got to have a playbook. You got to have a philosophy and your philosophy must be clear, must be correct. And you must teach it with conviction. And so when I first started back in 2000, as I said, I was a former high school, college, uh, European, you know, Iceland, if you will, uh, player. Uh, and I coached in college for five years. So I had a little bit of philosophy. And so as I started to coach skills, I want to make sure that I was clear and I own and I could teach what I know in a flow. And so the only way to do that is you got to have a book. You got to have your philosophy. It's not as much as many drills, but it's concepts. You know, what you believe in, how you're going to teach the pivot, how you're going to teach uh, the on ball, how you, how you going to teach spacing within your program, how you're going to teach kids to battle through adversity and, and mistakes. And how are you going to, teach a kid that overestimates their talent? How are you going to teach a kid that underestimates their talent? How are you going to define a role and, 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 and uh, alert the player the strengths and weaknesses? So it's the holistic, right, approach as a coach, physical, mental, emotional. And then with pros, you got to add social and financial. <laughs> so it, it, it's just a constant uh, organizi- or, organizing my intel. And, uh, you know, full circle 20 years later, We have everything you need to know as a player uh, from the development standpoint and a coach from basic to pro. And it's PDFs, it's videos, it's the mental, it's the emotional, it's the physical. You know, one-on-o, two-on-o, three-on-o. And then, you know, we've added, hey, if you'd like to uh, follow my footsteps as a coach, run your own business, well, here's how to do it globally. Here's how to do it uh, on every level. And so I just have taken my experience and putting it on paper so that people don't have to go through the pain I went through as a player, coach, and businessman. And then, you know, they can get to success quicker because of some of the strategies and solutions that I've found, uh, you know, pretty, pretty available uh, and, and correct. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yes, COVID, uh, to not cut you off, COVID has enhanced that because in March, all my traveling stopped. I usually go about six months on the road a year. COVID made us pivot. And so we're, we're, we're developing it and adding to it and pushing out even more because it's needed. It's needed more people have a little more time to study and to sit down and, and grow. So we've done that. It, it definitely looks great. And, uh, you know, for all those aspiring, uh, players, whatever, whatever level they may be, just a shout out, you know, check out, uh, check out the Thank online you. basketball curriculum. Uh, Gannon, can you talk more about the evolution of the game in the last 20 years? Uh, just, uh, you know, the small ball, fast pace, uh, you know, three-point oriented league. And uh, if it has in any way changed your approach and the way you, you coach. Yeah, absolutely. You know, from a defensive standpoint, from 2000 to, to now, 
you know, uh, the game has gotten less physical to me. You know, guys aren't, aren't as able to use their body uh, as more on defense. And so um, from that, you know, you see the multi-skill sets of every position. Now you got, you know, the trend of basketball is pace, you know, push it, space, create gaps and lanes, and let's just drive it to the paint. Let's get paint touches. You know, let's drive. If we don't have a shot, let's kick it out for threes. And so I have uh, – but ironically, man, I based, it, based my philosophy on playing in Europe, on going to Europe so much uh, early on in my career to, to, to coach and train others, is I started from the beginning training players at every position to pass, to shoot, to dribble. You know, just because I had a big player didn't mean that all we worked on was mid-post, low-post moves, rebounding, and all that. I, I just treated each player not like a number, right? Not, not a position, but I tried to build the player. And, and so, but now that's, that's normal. You know, back in 2000, you had double-O post offenses. You had triangle offenses. Now, very few offenses have and occupied the low post. Uh, you know, 10 years ago, you had people run into the rim, right, on, on fast breaks. Now their first, first player down might, might spread out to the, you know, to the, to the corner or to the slot. And so, you know, you, you've seen uh, the game turn into everybody switching on defense. And so it's become a one-on-one -on -one type of, type of game but the great teams learn how to play one-on-one -on -one in three seconds mm -hmm. and so I think I've gotten a, a better job of having kids you know be efficient when they have the ball um so that they don't so the ball doesn't stick mm -hmm. and so that's that's one of the things I, I've seen and then you then you have you know people playing east west more to get a shot off you know I think the shot clock changes a lot so you know old school is hey you got to go downhill you got to drive to the rim drive to the rim well now it's like you know a give and go which the nba calls a zoom action i might pass to the wing instead of cutting to the rim i might chase it and go get it back and then dribble two dribbles to the corner to get my shot off which you know 10 years ago you're like man that's just bad basketball but today it's all about if you practice it and can play it right you can do it and and that's, that's, that's normal. And so the NBA, Europe takes these concepts and it trickles down to high school and middle school. And now you have all these trainers that if they put the time in with these kids and do it right, you know, you see some pretty neat stuff at the grassroots level. Mm -hmm. So, you know, with technology, with trainers, people, the kids are able to do so many more things now at an early age if they put the time in. Mm -hmm. Do you see the game ever going back to its, to its roots in a way and uh, being a big, big guy game and having, you know, dominant centers uh, uh, running, the, running the league? Sure, I think so. I think, you know, because it just takes one or two teams, uh, one or two coaches and programs to win a lot of games at a certain philosophy and mm -hmm. then people will start to copy it. So, yeah, I mean, you know, I went to Dean Smith's uh, Carolina Basketball School For three years, I was offered to walk on uh, to their team. And so I was familiar with the passing game. And Dean Smith, for over 22 decades, ran a lot of passing game. Larry, uh, uh, Roy Williams at Kansas did the same thing, where you had a double-low post or a high-low post. And, you know, you might see that come back now. You know, every now and then, uh, 
like Toronto will do this, Jonas Valanciunas, who I've had a chance to work with as a youngster, you know, they do some roll and replace stuff and high low. So, I mean, yeah, absolutely, man. Anything's possible. Life's always changing. The game's always changing. 100% it might go back, you know, there's a chance that it might go back to, to you know, playing off the post if, you know, uh, we continue to, to get these big, big guys that, you know what, I don't like shooting threes. I, I just want to dunk on you, like Yao Ming, like Tim Duncan, you know what I mean? I, who knows? So, but I like, the, I like where the game's at. I enjoy watching it. It's fun to watch for just regular fans, you know, to watch the Golden State Warriors, to watch – LeBron, you know, play. I, I don't think it, it's fun watching one guy have the ball like a James Harden for 15 seconds, you know. But I, mm. I like to see guys go at it and uh, space out if they can do something in three seconds. Mm -hmm. I, I'm, I'm more of an old school guy, uh, so just hoping, you know, uh, to see more of that bully ball and uh, 90s basketball. But... Yep. You know, Detroit we'll Pistons. <laughs> yeah, but when talking when talking about old school, uh, I saw uh, Penny Hardaway gave you really an awesome testimonial regarding your coaching mentorship. Uh, you know, when a legend like Penny, uh, you know, refers to you as a legend, it definitely helps with your stature as one of the best skills coaches out there. Can you talk more about the coaching mentorship? Yeah, I appreciate that, Harry. I was humbled by what Penny said. You know, he's a player that uh, I grew up watching and we're almost the same age. And for him to find value in what I do, it really motivates me to continue to, to, to be my best. I'm not really concerned about being the best. I just want to do my best and bring my best. But, you know, I think every, every coach that has ever been successful, every player, anybody who's gone to a level, uh, used somebody else, had to have somebody else. They had to have a Yoda. They had to have a Miyagi, right? They had to have um, a sensei. They had to have a mentor like Eric Spolcher. We're talking about him now. Pat Riley, right? Mm -hmm. um, Frank, Frank Vogel, I think his first job was, was with Patino, mm -hmm. uh, Larry Brown. So everybody has their OG, if you will, right? Uh, either old guy or old gangster, whatever. Who was Somebody that has, who was my mentor? Mm -hmm. Great question. From a distance, The guy that really inspired me, I saw him every summer, got to, got to have lunch with him at times at five-star camp, Hubie Brown, you know, um, just, okay, that's how you coach. And then Rick Bettino from a distance, but a guy that really helped me, sunk my teeth, helped me sink my teeth into skill development is a guy named Kevin Eastman, uh, world champion with Doc, worked with Doc Rivers for many, many years, both Clippers and Celtics. You know, he's the one that really uh, – allowed me to ask quality, quality questions, take notes, go to his workouts. I mean, they all, he actually got me a job with the Celtics in 2007. I didn't take it, but they, uh, he was able to, to get them to offer me that and, and have a chance to, to ride with them. But, awesome. you know, John, I spent three weeks with John Lucas, and then every summer I'd spend maybe four or five, six days with him, and he would constantly pour into me. Mm -hmm. So uh, a guy named Pete Strickland who um, actually coached me high and uh, he was my um, my boss when I coached the coast of Carolina so th those those guys right there they just you know they're they're men that tour your life so that that's what a mentor is it's a man or woman to tour your life to praise right correct wrong to give you the hard truths to let you know that a boy or hey you got to get better at that um, you know and and I think every player, 
needs the same thing. There was a great article on Tyler Hero about how his breakout came to be to fruition. And he said in his, his article, I, I kept a, a red spiral notebook around and I wrote down every lesson and I could learn from every practice, every meeting, every game. And then Jimmy Butler mentored me, Drakic mentored me. And, I, and, and, and to, for a guy that's on top of the world, white dude, living in Miami, multimillionaire, right? Kentucky born, bred. Dude, for him to be humble enough to be mentored at such a young age uh, speaks a lot to his maturity because a lot of these cats, man, they think they've arrived. They let success be their enemy because, you know, they, they become ungrateful. They become arrogant. They become selfish. They don't listen. They don't buy in. And a mentor really keeps you humble. A mentor keeps you grounded. They make you feel ignorant in a good way so that you continue to grow. And if you grow, you have joy. If you have joy... Nobody can break your coaching swag or routine. So that's, that's, excuse me. And that's something I'm enjoying doing. I'm mentoring players, many, uh, and coaches, many different countries, many different cultures through COVID doing it virtually. Um, Them coming to my house, you know, we live right on the beach. So it's, it's a fun vacation for them, but I'm able to really uh, break down and, and, and enhance everything they're doing. You know, it's a special thing. I, I'm enjoying pioneering this in our industry because it, there's there's just not a lot of that going on at the level that we're doing it. Mm-hmm. That's that's really uh, great. How do you manage all of those uh, people? I assume you're in touch with a lot of coaches and players all the time. Are you on uh, Zoom all the time? <laughs> yeah, you know, Zoom, uh, FaceTime. I have files. I got a great business team, you know, uh, you've met me high and, and there's about six, seven other people that we subcontract with that we bring in, uh, without them, I couldn't do it. You know what I mean? Cause I'm not that uh, tech savvy. A lot of times my time is, is, uh, under the gun so that they make it efficient for me. They help me get organized and yeah, Harry, so far so good, man. We haven't messed anybody's lives up. So mm-hmm. let's uh, keep praying for us, man. That's great. Uh, can, you, can you talk more about the Gannon Baker uh, certification for coaches? I read that over 2,500 coaches uh, earned the certification. Uh, what's, the, what's, what's the process like? Well, it, it, it's, it's a little bit uh, like the FIBA certification, but it's more in-depth, more personal, more detailed. Basically, you know, they have four levels they go through. You know, they, they can go through basic to pro. It's a, you know, physical test. It's a, it's a video test. And then if they want to get to another level and be master certified, they come see me live, whether it's in an event, whether it's a workout, whether it's my home and we're mentoring. And uh, if they continue to want to, if they continue to want to be mentored and, and we connect and I think they're, they bring value, you know, we send them to other places on our behalf to work camps, to work guys out. And so, um, you know, the certification, I'm not sure it's going to get them a job. I mean, name, my name recognition might help them. It might not. But it's more important. It's validating what they know. It's a badge of honor. It's, it's just another way to help them get experience and get coaching reps uh, in a neat and unique way. But it, it's also, like you said, a badge of honor and probably really good for their networking when somebody sees that they've been certified, sure. certified by you. Sure. Um, Everybody doesn't know who I am, but... Um, you know, it doesn't hurt having somebody that's, that's good in the industry that's, that's been around to put that on their, on their resume, you know. So a, f- a few, few people that have put my name on the resume, uh, they said it, it's helped them get that job. But, 
again, uh, there, there's many, many people out in the world that can help you. I'm just blessed and honored that people would trust me and that they would go through my certification. You recently opened up a new division in China. I think this was two years ago. Um, are you thinking about opening up new offices elsewhere, like uh, Europe or Africa? And yeah, and and just to, to just to finish off, has um, has NBA's distancing from China in any way affected your business there? Yeah, great question. And I'm real transparent when I do these things. You know, we started a business in China four years ago, uh, four and years. Yeah, and we were rolling. Like, we were rolling. Uh, we were in a different city. I, I was about four months in China a year, two months uh, in Europe, United States. And we were building something special there just just because of the passion. I mean, Harry, you could have done it. You know, uh, anybody that, that's good in basketball, that has a passion for basketball, that's intelligent, could have gone over to China and ran a basketball business. I just happened to be one of the first ever to go over to China back in 2009 and really develop some good camps um, mm -hmm. and some good workouts and good coaching classes. And so we, we I mean, what can I say? We were rolling and then COVID. Mm -hmm. So right now we're, we're, we're on pause. We're nothing. We're the NBA. Uh, I got, I got two, two coaching classes canceled in October of last year because of the Moray thing. And, mm -hmm. you know, that was just a small prick, but uh, it was a, thorn in our side but that didn't stop the whole business but basically when you have a pandemic and you're not allowed to travel in China and if you do you got to be quarantined for three weeks yeah that's not working that's not so right now we're just at pause uh other countries it's the same thing like you know people reach out they want us I, I'm supposed to go to the country of Jordan and the Middle East in December but you know we were all set to sign the contract but then something got in the way uh, this week and it's just yeah, until they find a vaccine, I don't, I don't think we're going to do anything live uh, in these countries. But we are setting up a platform to do it virtual, you know, to, to push our curriculum, to educate the masses, and a lot of free mentoring and stuff we're doing. I did, I did something with Argentina and Brazil a couple months ago. So, you know, mm -hmm. virtually, yes, but to run a legitimate flesh, you know, live, like I'm used to business where we go there and do seminars because I, I can't, the worst thing about my business area, I can't scale myself. Mm -hmm. You know, I can't, I can't do it. So when multiply yourself. Want, <laughs> yeah. When it's not a system, it, it's just me and my experience and my authenticity. So when people want, you know, live stuff, I have to go. Um, mm -hmm. And so un until this pandemic is pushed out, then, you know, we're going to have to deal with it the way it is. Mm -hmm. But yes, we have plans to do that in other countries. Did you ever think about, you know, uh, developing a young Padawan, somebody who is going to uh, continue your legacy and uh, like maybe scale your business as well? Yeah. I mean, you know, if you Google the great skill trainers out there, um, you know, Drew Hanlon uh, asked me to work for him, um, asked, asked me to mentor him when he was younger. He's a good skill trainer. Tyler Ralph, who does a good job. He worked for me. Uh, Michael Lancaster is popular. And there's my son. Um, and he's about to go hey, to school. <laughs> no. he, uh, he, you know, all these guys worked for me except Drew. And, you know, then they left because they were, they, they were good. And so it was hard to keep them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Go there, but I'll be there in a few minutes. Okay. Makes sense. All right. Makes sense. So, so you know, um, it, it was just hard for, for me to, keep these guys on board because 
they eventually, you know, they understood, hey, I can do what you do. They want to start, start the, their own path. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, you know, and that, that's why I believe in my mentorship because everybody, you know, Cody Toppert's another one. He basically worked for me five, six years, and then he went on to Phoenix, Houston. Now he's with Penny Hardaway at, at uh, University of Memphis. If anybody spends time with me, you know, I, I don't know if I'm the best out there, but I'll tell you what, I'll get you straight. I'll, I'll get you the right information. I'll show you how to have perspiration. I'll give inspiration so you can have a realization of success. I mean, it, people that have spent time with me go on, a lot of them go on to do great things. Again, they're self-motivated, right? They're disciplined, but I have a very efficient, effective way to teach. I have a lot of basketball and life in me. And so, you know, we're, we're not hiding it. We're not, we're not, you know, holding it tight. We're sharing it. We're getting rid of it. I'm an open book. And so and the, the energy, the energy and the, the passion energy. is, is contagious, is contagious. You know, that's really good. Exactly. And, and so is learning. And so our mentorship works, you know, our mentorship really, uh, uh, helps people get where they need to go. Mm -hmm. Um, so You've worked with many NBA players, uh, the late, great uh, Kobe Bryant, uh, Kyrie Irving, uh, Chris Paul, Amari Stoudemire, etc. Um, can you perhaps share maybe a few anecdotes about one of these and uh, perhaps uh, whose game do you feel you've impacted the most? Um, well, I mean, obviously, everybody loves Kobe. And so I just remember Kobe, we're doing a, a stretching exercise and... Uh, you know, a couple of the players that were working out with us weren't taking this seriously. And so these were younger players. I mean, you know, all American college kids at the time, they all, you'll know who they are. They all went on to be great NBA players. They were messing around in the warmups. They weren't taking stretching seriously. And then Kobe just went off of them. He's like, mm -hmm. that's why you're not going to have a long career. That's why I'm going to bust your ass when I see you. That's why you're not going to get to the second contract. You drive a truck. My body's a Ferrari. This is important. I mean, he just went off. Ugh. And I'm like, man, and I'm thinking, too, man, it's just warm-ups. I'm thinking, <laughs> no, no, it's warm-ups. It's, it's important. So, like, I'm, I'm as motivated as they, as they come, and he motivated me. It's like, so, I, but I don't know. I mean, I only spent a little bit of time with him. I don't know if I impacted his game. He impacted mine. And that's the thing, Harry. Like, a lot of these guys are great when you work them out, you probably take more from them as you're giving to them. Now I lived with Amari Stoudemire for three years when he played for uh, Phoenix during the summer. And, you know, I definitely helped him. I, I helped him uh, have a consistent, more uh, professional approach to his game. He, he was a pick and roll guy. He was an athletic guy. He was a rim run dunk guy and he was great at it. high energy motor. And so we really worked on playing polished playing with 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 uh efficiency playing with consistency um i remember a story we worked out maybe a hundred times one summer I had a hundred meetings and he showed up for 99 of them and the one time he didn't show up um on time ready to go i left and so when he got to the gym he called me hey man where are you at we're supposed to work out i said yeah that was an hour ago i'm like i'm not a babysitter um your money doesn't influence me to treat you like you want to be treated I'm gonna treat you like you, you need need to be a champion I'm gonna treat you like a winner and winners beat me to the gym and so he cursed at me I thought I was gonna get fired and I was like look I make more money in a week than you're paying me in a month man so if you want to throw the business thing then I, you know you, 
I'm not doing you a favor. You know, you're, you, I mean, you know, mm -hmm. um, so <laughs> I mean, what do you want? To, and so he called, he texted me that night at uh, about midnight and he, he said, man, I apologize for unprofessionalism. It'll never happen again. Let's meet tomorrow at 6 a.m. to make up for that workout. Because usually we work out about 9.30. But the next day, yeah, he wanted, to, he wanted to get two workouts in. And that's what pros do. Like the great ones are accountable, mm -hmm. right? The great ones can take the punches. The great ones can take the hits. The great ones, uh, they don't fear the truth because he knows what I was saying is the truth. And when I said it, I wanted to make sure I was right. I had to make sure that I did it with conviction. But you know, that's a great story with Amari is that, you know, his, and that's why he's still playing. You think he's in Israel right now. Mm -hmm. You know, he's in great shape, takes care of his body. He learned to play a little bit more finesse, face up, pick and pop guy now, mm -hmm. uh, not bully ball bang. And so, you know, these guys, uh, Chris Paul, you know, he, he, there was nothing I could do to um, enhance his skill level. Like he could, he could, everything I showed him, he could do. But he was constantly in the workouts to ask, asking me, look, you know, break me. Give me something hard. Teach me something I don't know. And as a coach, it was challenging because in high school, yeah, I could. And, but when he became a pro and an all-star and I got him again, it's like, man, I, don't, I just want to make sure that you're consistent. You know, you hit 10 in a row. Can you hit 11? I just want to make sure that I was continuing to, to, to add tools to his toolbox. Hey, you had a great workout. Let's do it again tomorrow. Mm -hmm. You know, it was always pushing the envelope and they wanted that. They wanted to feel like they were the worst player in the gym. They wanted failure. They embraced mistakes. And mm -hmm. that's so hard to get young players to do. You know, young players fear failure. And I mm -hmm. think champions, the great players I've been around, embrace it. Get out of your comfort zone and be hungry. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Chris Paul told me one thing one time. He's like, look, you know, make me uncomfortable because you can be comfortable or you can be great, but you can't be both. Mm -hmm. And they understood that it was, it was a, it was a skill and a talent to be comfortable with the unknown, to be comfortable with the uncomfortable. And so as a coach, if you can do that in a workout with your tone, with your energy, with your pace, with your expectations, right? Pros are going to take your expectations and then exceed them. I'll go, I'll go, go above and beyond. And I think that's really neat. Those are some great stories. Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, can you, can you perhaps outline the most important factors in becoming successful uh, just for coaches and or players, you know, the magic formula, if you will. Well, you know, I don't think there's any magic formula, but I know this, you better, as I said in, in, the, in my philosophy, you know, what you teach has to be clear. Right? Like, are you organized? Do you make sense? Do you, do you really um, put time and importance in your vocabulary, in your teaching points, in your teaching methods, in your teaching style? Number two, make sure you're teaching what you're teaching is correct. Like, as I said, the way I coached as a college coach in 1996 is a little bit different than I'm coaching now in 2020. So, You know, are you evolving and growing? Are you a stale, stuck, sticky coach? Nobody wants to play for a grumpy old man, grumpy old woman. Mm -hmm. I mean, you got to have, you got to have that correctness in your, you know, what are the trends of the game? What, what's your personnel? What's this guy's uh, kryptonite? And how are you going to deal with it? Like you have to, 
you treat everybody fair, but you treat people differently. You know what I mean? And so you got to make sure what you are teaching physically from a physical standpoint, mental, emotional standpoint is correct. And then you got to do it with charisma and conviction. You own it. Like as many practices as, as I've gone through, over, I mean, I don't get to coaching the games. I, I, I wake up and I get, I get to go to practice. That's it. Well, that's a lot of practices, man. You can't get into the law of familiarity or redundancy or boredom or fatigue and, 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 and staleness. You have to bring your energy, your fun, your motor, your excitement, your joy, your passion, right? Your, your, your connectiveness, your, you know, reciprocity has to be given in relationships. You know, there has to be communication. So and you got to do that day in, day out. And so with that, you know, if you can have that, you know, clear, correct conviction and charisma, you know, you're going to win regardless of, of where you're at, you know? And, and then when I say win, guess what? Everybody can't win chips. Everybody can't win trophies, but maybe you can help that kid, right? That man, that young woman be a living trophy, meaning they go on into life and love and be successful at what they're doing like you like me. We're, we're two former hoopers that took the lessons that Aroli gave us, right? My coach was Jerry Wainwright, John Carroll, Kevin Eastman. And now we're adding that to our families, to our relationships, to our communities, who right now all over the world, wherever you live, you're, you're craving for positive. You're craving for passion. You're craving for empathy, right? You're craving for positive role models that, that you can, uh, exactly. you know, you can hang, hang out with. So, that all that as a coach, your, your, your two main jobs is to teach them how to win in basketball and you'll do that. And you got to teach them how to win in life. And that's it. If you can apply that to every drill practice meeting, that's a great recipe for success. That's the secret sauce. If, if you will. The secret formula. <laughs> Thanks for those points. Um, really, really a lot of wisdom. Um, all right, Gannon, we like to wrap up all of our interviews with a few quick fire questions. So just really short questions and answers. All right, man. Um, I love the best, this. The best player you have, you've ever worked with? Um, Kevin Durant. All right. Yeah. Uh, the player with the best handles you've ever worked Ooh. with? Uh, no, hands down, Kyrie Irving. Chris Paul, great, but hand, to me, live. Kyrie Irving, unreal. It, it makes sense. Some of the things he does is just oh. unbelievable. Um, who's the GOAT? Michael Jordan. No, <laughs> hands down. <laughs> LeBron might be right there, but you forget about Kareem. You get a, you, I mean, it's just, I, I don't know how we can compare, but in my eyes, you can't tell me anybody better than Michael Jordan. I would have to agree, agree with you. Um, the best shooter ever. Steph Curry. Uh, All-time starting five. Oh, I mean, I, you know, I don't know. Um, at my point, you know, probably Magic. At my two, Jordan. At my three, LeBron. Um, I, I mean, I know I'm from getting Kobe, but number four, Akeem. And number five, Kareem. I, Very respectable. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I you know there's i don't know how you there's no right answer unless you put like uh you know uh tiny archibald in there but you know i mean <laughs> it's, just, it's 
there's just so many great players, you know. Good question, though. Um, best coach of all time? Oh, John Wooden. Mm -hmm. Best international player of all time? Man. Drazen Petrovic, to me. It's, 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 uh, I've done quite a few of these, and Drazen or Sabonis, yeah. Novitsky are some of the most common questions. But yeah. Um, I would agree with Novitsky, but you, I mean, you know, ask me that in 30 years after Luca finishes. <laughs> Probably gonna, yeah, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> um, but, um, I, I went to the museum in Croatia and that, that did it for me just to hear the stories and obviously watching him um, to me. But again, I'm not an expert on European basketball, but that's the first name that popped into my head. Second was probably Dirk. Mm -hmm. right, but So you've been, you've been to Zagreb, uh, Croatia? Yes. Yeah, we did two years. We did the Jordan Brain Classic. I, I worked for, for Michael Jordan uh, for about 10 years, me and Tim Grover. Yeah. got to know each other and we would go to Europe and just work out the best 16, 17 year olds in Europe at all these different spots, you know, and uh, Croatia was one of the spots one year. That's great. Um, all right, Gannon, that's about it. Uh, thank you so much for your time. It's been a pl pleasure talking with you. You know, I wish you all the best in the future with Gannon Baker basketball and hopefully COVID and everything ends soon. So you can continue your live sessions uh, as much as possible. <laughs> Hey, thank you, man. Thanks for the prayers. Harry, I, I enjoyed this, man. I wish we could do this every week, man. This is awesome. Thanks let's, for your time. Let's, let's schedule something in a few months again. <laughs> let's do it. Let's All right. do it. Take care. Have a, have a great Thanks. rest of your day. Bye-bye. Thank you, man. Bye-bye.